self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing. We are Conversation Con Artists. going on it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists i want to start off by doing a couple of things i want to let y'all know if y'all have listened to this podcast enough to get an impression of the show whether good or bad preferably good preferably good if y'all don't (laughs) mind leaving us some reviews on itunes stitcher google play Anywhere that you listen to us from, if you don't mind giving us some feedback, that'll be great. Uh, got some good feedback from a gentleman in Swindon, UK. Which is amazing because I had no idea people yeah. outside of the US listened to us. Name Michael. And and I, I really appreciated that feedback. As well as I've been listening to some podcasts before podcasts, and I didn't really listen to many, but I've been getting into listening to different podcasts. And I'm going sh- to start shouting out podcasts that reach five listens for me because for me, that is a lot. <laughs> if I've listened to your podcast five times, then I'm going to throw you know that out there just in case other people want, are looking for something to listen to. So one of them is the Government Name Podcast uh, with Shogun and Cole Jackson. Uh, it's just a nice mix News uh, Games Tech uh, TV Movies They they talk about everything Pretty much uh, I, I like their show uh, Then we got The Place Your Name Here Podcast uh, Host Peanut Who reached out to us Early when we started Podcasting And we just been Communicating And I like his show he Just All of them are just Different takes on news And you know You get to learn People's personality And stuff uh, Dre Is all, also a part of the Place your name here podcast, which he has a podcast, the atheist, another atheist podcast, <laughs> and the last one is Black Balance podcast. It's four girls, I think, out of Atlanta that I don't remember their names, but I, gotta get I like the podcast. podcast game up. Uh, it's it's a website called uh, uh, Podcasts of Color, I think. Oh, and it's just a lot of black podcasts. So I just been going down looking for podcasts to listen to and. If it piques my interest, then I, I'll check it out. Cool. But anyway, back to normal business. I want to talk about the website. Go check it out, conversationconartist.com. Uh, listen to our current episodes. See the links for our stories, old episodes, as well as you can leave us some feedback if you like. Huh? My Twitter is Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Uh, we also, because we're recording on Sunday, I wanted to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day because Papa was rolling stone. And when he died. <laughs> oh, he left us alone. <laughs> Um, I also want to apologize because I probably sound like I swallowed a frog um, and it's because I don't really know why. I don't know. I woke up sneezing and shit just went downhill since. So um, if I mix my B's and M's and you don't know what I'm saying up, just, you know, that's what it is. But um, I never understood that expression. What? Swallowed a frog. I guess because it sounds like you have something in your throat. I don't know why a frog in particular. And why would you have swallowed it? I don't know. You analyze things. Way too <laughs> I can't much. help it. This is how I am. <laughs> uh, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. If you have a question, comment. If you have a qu- uh, 
Anything that you would like for us to address on the show, you can send it in either through the website or through our Gmail account, which is conversationcardartist at gmail.com. I also want to remind everybody that we are still pressuring AC Blow to come back and do his um, horrible date stories because I'm telling y'all this shit is hilarious um, if you have some horrible date stories that you would like to share again obviously anonymously please send those in too because we would like um, to share those when we do that episode which will be coming up because we pressured him and he's agreed to do it so that is gonna happen so if you have some horrible date stories that you would like to share just send those in the same way we have one uh letter here today from Buki in Chicago apparently um and she says Memorial Weekend my boyfriend and I went to my girlfriend's cookout she has it every year but and since but since he's newly minted this was his first time this is also our first time at a group thing we've been pretty wrapped up in each other for the past few months but I was excited to make to take him and show him off basically then we get there after having to practically drag him as if I hadn't told him about it repeatedly over the last couple of weeks and he embarrasses me he went from not even wanting to go to flirting with every bitch every uh, every bitch there one chick especially who i don't fuck with was all over him and he seemed to encourage it we had it out in the car on the way home and he said i should have just pulled him away if i had such a problem but he won't even cop to the disrespect my best friend thinks that his behavior is a major red flag so what should i do should i just cut my losses red flag indeed like what the the first the first time that you introduce somebody to your friends if they cannot control themselves and and decide that it's a good idea to go around flirting with people like obviously flirting with people to where other people are noticing it as well that's just you know that's some fuck shit like okay this can't be the first i guess it can be the first time she got these signs well, if they've been, you know, when you first start dating and y'all are representative, just, you get the representative. Yeah, you get the representative, and y'all are so like, ooh, ooh, you know, you spend all that time together. So it sounds like this is the first time that she's actually seen him like out in the beginning like, with people. In the beginning, you are who you want that other person to see until you're comfortable enough with them to show you who you really are yeah which is why i tell like when people get together and date for like three months and then get married you don't know who the fuck you're marrying because you are still seeing that representative then when you get married be talking about they changed no they just progressively became who they who they are which would have happened had you given it some more time instead of running out here three months late to get married nobody is themselves in the beginning you get the all the good qualities but all that bad shit is covered up you gotta wait a while for that to come out you gotta give that shit an opportunity to so this is I mean, he ain't even show you his representative, though. He showed you the representative when y'all was alone. (laughs) See, I think what I think you need to do is you need to put that person in a whole bunch of different environments. Yeah. Because they can't pretend around everybody. Like, you need to be around some of their cousins. You need to go around their family. You need to go. You need to invite them to your family. You need to put them in all these different environments before you determine because if they got to keep up a show, at least make them work. <laughs> if they're going to have to keep up a show, make them do it everywhere. Yeah. And, and when dudes show, when anybody in a relationship show y'all signs, look at them. You know? Like if a dude if a dude wears a hat 24-7 all the time, you might want to try to find out what his edge up look like. 
because it might be non-existent. Or he may have like the most horribly receding of hairlines ever known to man. Like, <laughs> if any man or woman that you're dating is aggressively avoided of any particular thing, no, I don't want you to meet my family. No, I don't want you to go here. No, we don't need to do this. If they are aggressively against any particular thing, might be a red flag. Yeah. If they never want you to come to their place, might be a red flag. If they only call you at eight o'clock at night, <laughs> you know what that is. And after, we know what that is. Yeah. You are not considered. Nope. You're <laughs> and the thing is, like, when people say, I had no idea. It just came out of nowhere. Very rarely is that the truth. There are usually like signs leading up into like the big reveal. And so like this being one of them. If again, you this is the first time instead of him trying to make a good impression on your friends he's in here trying to in case shit don't work out with you line up your replacement that's a problem and actually me i would have checked him at there like if we wouldn't have got back to the car i would have been like the fuck is you doing <laughs> what's going on <laughs> i don't even know this bitch are you like seriously so i would have waited till we got in the car and the fact that you anytime that you tell somebody that you're with about some behavior that bothers you and they don't acknowledge your feelings about it they don't you know address want to address it that's a problem because later on when we have like huge issues i can already see you're not going to be willing to work through them anybody that's not willing to acknowledge how you feel about things that's a problem so the fact that you came to him and wanted to talk to him about it and he was just kind of dismissive like or oh, whatever you overreacted or whatever you should have said something you know what i'm saying like that's a problem too that's a communication issue those are some that's going to lead to a huger uh communication issues and the situation sound like mostly passive aggression yeah it's like you had to drag him there and when you get there this is what happened yeah he wanted to show you for the future you don't drag me to stuff because you know remember what happened last time and she'll remember but for oh. me two months is not long enough to deal with anything you don't want to hell no in two months if you see something slightly odd you can leave you can yeah. leave that situation alone and probably should because again you usually are meeting that person's representative and if the representative ain't somebody you can fuck with you know the real person ain't gonna be somebody you can fuck with so yeah I would take that as a red flag and I would just kind of Cut my losses and move on to the next one. On to the next one. Oh. I just move on. Move past it. I know some women. They would have left his ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. We came together. And I yeah. drove, bitch. Get one of these bitches to take you home since y'all so friendly. How yeah, about I mean, that? yeah. He would have looked up like, where'd she go? <laughs> Her ass went home, bro. <laughs> left you here where you wanted to be, obviously. So... So, yeah, hopefully that answered that. Again, if you have any questions that you would like for us to answer, you can send them in through the website or you can send them to our Gmail account, which is conversationcardartist at gmail.com. So that's that. Yep. So where do you want to begin? So last week we recorded before the Orlando shooting happened. Yeah. So we didn't get a chance to give our initial reactions about the situation and my initial reaction is still my reaction to it right now at this moment Mine too which is it was a whole lot of fuck shit and people's responses to it some of them make me question just humanity in, in general i don't know how you can look at a tragedy such as that and pick out things like well that's what happened they were gay so they deserved it like 
where the fuck is your humanity at? A lifestyle choice, a thing that, a, a, a small characteristic of, of who somebody is, is no reason for them to die. Those people were minding their business, having a good time, not hurting anyone. There was no reason that that should have happened to them. And for anybody to feel otherwise is full of shit. And all of these Christians, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> that think that, you know, that is such just this horrific sin who sin every day but your sin isn't that sin so you don't feel like it's as bad or it's okay or that's such bullshit and again that's part of the reason why people frown so heavily or non-religious people kind of look at christians like y'all are a horrible <laughs> group of people um uh, it was just really tragic um and sad and I, I, did you see the text messages that mom was yeah. exchanging with her son while it was happening yeah and he told her like i'm i'm gonna die like that how do you look at that and still be able to say some fuck shit I, like i just don't understand how you could do that as a human being when your fellow human being goes through something that's that tragic you should be able to see the sadness in that instead of picking out this stupid shit like i just like the lieutenant governor of texas fuck mm -hmm. that guy um who tweeted out that bible scripture and then took it down when people got in his ass he didn't apologize for it basically saying that 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 they suffered the wrath of god for for being what they were like he didn't even apologize he just took it down because people got mad about it and it's crazy because so there's videos of Muslims saying that gay people should die. Yeah. You know? And while Christians don't say gay people should die, That's if gay people die, they use it as a reason that God is angry with that particular group. So does that really make you any better? Exactly. Does it make you any better in that situation that you can still look at those deaths as a wrath of God? And through the lens of your faith my question to those people so okay so they were gay at a gay club therefore they deserve to die because they were shot while in the commission of being gay so then how do you justify the charlotte was it charlotte where they got shot in the church mm -hmm. how do you justify that then was what? it charlotte it was north carolina north somewhere. carolina i think it was i don't know if it was charlotte but how do you justify that what what sins does make them deserving of being shot while they were in church trying like welcoming this man in so like what if that's the thing if you where you die is is indicative of god's unhappiness with you at that time then what does that say about those church people that were in church man all this died? stuff is so intertwined i mean it's what we find in our society is it's very easy to craft a dialogue when a person is not white the shooter was white yeah and the media fights against painting a white portrayal of a group of people when it's white you know because when you're white you're an individual when you're white that's what america has afforded white people you can always be looked at in the context of your individuality as to where all muslims are bad all people from islam are bad all black people this all like in the media we are all looked at in the same way if we brown. Yeah. But if you white, you're individual. So the dialogue was crafted around him, his past, his yeah. behavior. But for this situation, the Orlando shooting, it's all Muslims. It's all illegal immigrants. It's all faith is bad. You know what I'm saying? And I was so happy to see, you know, they had a lot of the... Um 
parades and a lot of the vigils, there were Muslims represented that were holding up signs, you know, because it's never the complete group. I, that's why it's so dangerous to just lump an entire group of people into a category and say all Muslims are this, all black people are this. It's never an entire group, normally. I mean, I guess the Nazis are <laughs> a little different. You know, but. I got in a dialogue with somebody about him talking about ex- radical Islam because everybody was mad that President Obama wouldn't call it radical Islam. Mm-hmm. That was a whole dialogue. They were just mad. They said, you need to call this radical Islam. You know, and Obama gave a very, a great um, response to that situation. But the dialogue was him saying that, you know, radical Islam is a problem. And I said, well, if Westboro Baptist Church, if somebody out of Westboro Baptist Church shoot up a whole bunch of people, I, I just hope your dialogue is the same. Radical Christianity yeah, is a I hope the dialogue is the same for that. But what Christians do is they say that person is not a Christian because they're not doing <laughs> Christian things. It's easy for them to Separate. take a, a, a person that they don't believe is Christian because it represents Christianity negatively mm-hmm. out of Christianity rather than say we, we got some extreme Christians too. But they will say they're extreme Muslims and they will identify the entire religion as extreme, including everybody that represents it. And that's a part of the danger with Donald Trump talking about building a wall. The danger with that is we don't know who because this man, the shooter was an American citizen. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who are American citizens in that dialogue. We don't know if Muslims that we see that have on a hijab or or traditional wear from their culture, we don't know if they're illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, if they're American citizens, and we only have our eyes to use. That's what's dangerous about their yeah. dialogue. And at the end of the day, with the with the details that have come out, I don't even know. So he obviously had some shit going on in his life um, because he had been to that club before. He had experimented. Like I feel like this is more about him like some self-hate because of how he was as compared to how he had been brought up to believe he should be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know that the dialogue should even be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this was more of a situation where it was more about him mm-hmm. um, and where he was as opposed to like Islam and, and, and him being Muslim. And because when I saw that, I was like, Oh, well, okay. That makes a little bit more since that I mean you know because that's a real this is why I whether you agree with homosexuality or not let people live their lives and because what it's a very dangerous thing when you try to stifle that because you don't know how people are going to react some people are able to just say okay they don't agree with this my family don't agree with this but this is how it is this is who I am this is what I want and they can they can deal with that other people's psyches are not the uh, which where they can do that where they can separate it and say this is how they feel but this is how I am and that's okay and that should happen like I would much rather you just let people live their lives especially when it ain't hurting you to do that than to put them in a place where they they snap and this is what you get you know it ain't got shit to do with you if your cousin mama sister bro whoever is got it that that's an aspect of their life that don't have shit to do with you nothing to do with you just like it ain't got nothing to do with them when you out here dating these fuck boys or you out here dating these these gold or any of the other shit that happens with heterosexuals 
in which people don't agree with who they love or who they're with or who you know mm-hmm. i just don't let people be who they are so the problem or the crazy thing about this situation is that it hit three of the major topics that we have in our society right now we got terrorism yep we got guns and we got LGBT community. Oh, God, the gun issue. I had an entire debate with AC about the sale of AR-15, of, of assault rifles in general. Because he and this, and I told us that, you know what? You you talk about all of these, like, crazed gun people. You undercover one. <laughs> like, you're undercover one of these people. Because what I was saying was... If you're saying you need these guns for protection, an assault rifle is not necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have a handgun for protection. Like, the free sale of these assault rifles, that's ridiculous. And his whole thing, well, assault rifle, something about the trigger mechanism on an assault rifle is easier. So, for somebody who ha- who has trouble pulling the trigger on a regular gun, an assault rifle would be... If you can't get your shit together enough to be able to, f- to shoot this gun, you don't need to fucking have it then. That is not, to me, a justification for selling AR-15 because the, the trigger mechanism that, you know what? I'm sure he found it very easy to pull that trigger too when he shot all them fucking people. What kind of an argument is that? Like, my, modifying triggers on guns to a point to make it easier is illegal. You can't make, like, you can't make them, like, that he, well, easy he's to saying shoot. that it's just naturally easier on an assault well, rifle. What I'm than saying it is, is, it's difficult on purpose. Yeah, is 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 harder to pull on purpose. That is a part of a safety issue in terms of guns. Of the very very few safety issues that exist. Yeah, my problem with this, my problem with the situation with guns is there is not enough time. If I wake up in the morning mad as hell, I can go to a pawn shop. Yep. Have a gun in my hands by noon. Yep. And have somebody damn brains on the wall by eight o'clock if I want to. You are right. I can do that. There is not enough deterrent for that. That is too many uh, crimes of passion. It's too many situations in which people get into situations and say, "I, you know, somebody they need time to calm down." Sometimes some of these people need to be deterred. Sometimes, let's say I don't know how this dude got his gun. But we do know of mass shootings and shooters where they had guns legally. Yeah. Let's say if they tried to go and get guns, if it took them two or three extra days to get them, you know, instead of being able to get them so quick, so fast. Like, to say that that the Republican Party just give out so many reasons and gun enthusiasts and the NRA give out so many reasons to not do anything about guns. It's just stupid to me. Don't make sense. Any other tragedies that have happened when 9-11 happened, Flying is a pain in the ass now because they changed all of these things that made it a lot more inconvenient, but it was for the greater good. It was to ensure the safety of Guns are the only situation in which we are not willing to give at all. Like I was saying, not even all guns. I'm saying that the sale of like the AR-15s, their need, all the assault rifles, that, that whole... Um, legislation needs to change as, as far as the assault. He was like, oh no, because it'll start with that and then it'll end up being all good. Like, they are not willing to give anything as far as the whole gun issue is concerned. It doesn't matter if it's for the fucking greater good. Gun enthusiasts, people who like guns, 
They're not willing to give at all. And I saw something where somebody was like, it's not a gun issue. We have a hate issue. Do you think that we would be able to fucking... Look how long we'd have had hate running in this fucking country. Like, it's a hate issue? Oh, let's just make everybody love each other, bitch? Are you... What? Girl, what? No. Hate that. We must be able to solve the gun problem before we would be able to change the minds of all the people that we would need to change the minds of. Like, the hate issue is not... How do you address that? What does that even mean? I just feel like these... I feel like the NRA has made pawns out of American citizens and politicians because I'm the NRA. I'm the NRA. I'm a lobbying group that banks millions and millions of dollars from people who make guns, who make bullets, who make accessories, who make everything that goes along with guns. And I want to maintain as much money as I can. So what's my best route to make sure that happens? Because I still want Smith and Wesson and all these different companies to pay me to do that. So I'm going to give some of that money to politicians to make sure they hold off on legislation, to stop legislation, to stop anything. There's been a 20 year ban on researching guns through the CDC. The Center of Disease Control that researches everything that is an epidemic in our society to come up with more effective ways of handling those things. They were banned for 20 years from 1996 until now of researching. And now they can research, but it's underfunded. Nobody's going to fund it. And not only that, but in, in, in school, they tell people going to research gun violence is a career, career death, career suicide. And so it's, it's not even encouraged. What? So basically everything that anybody believe about guns and the existence of them is that it's based off opinion only. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, if y'all genuinely and truly believe that what you were saying was true, what harm would research do? What harm would finding out that, you know, okay, well, we did research and, you know, criminals, they're still going to be able to access guns anyway. You know, so there's no point of doing any legislation against guns. Well, research would show that if it were true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we research everything and I just don't understand how people don't see the veil over their eyes by the NRA, by politicians about why they have crafted a dialogue in which guns are that important. Yeah, they are not that important, you know, because of our Second Amendment, we should have them. We should be able to continue to have them because it is what it is. But to say everybody should have one with no restrictions, no regard, no registration. We don't have to register. We don't have to have license. We don't have to have training. We don't have to have anything. All we have to have is a background check and we can get a gun. Yep. So I don't. And I do. And I told him this when we were talking about it. With the way that the thinking is, we will never ever have gun control in this country ever because they're not willing to get again this isn't about the individual this is about the greater good this is about the, the state that the country is in now and again every other situation in which we found there to be this huge problem this epidemic they were willing to again fly it flying the shit now you, you can only have like those little bitty bottles and all of this stuff to to keep a situation from from uh like 9-11 from have like the odds of it from happening to lower them 
right everybody had to give up some rights everybody had to give up some conveniences because it was for the greater good the gun shit though they're not they're not gonna give anything because everything is gonna be an infringement on my right my right i'm supposed to be able to do this me me and i'm not gonna hurt anybody with my guns so i should be able to have my guns and the only way for me to be able to have my guns is for everybody to be able to have it so we're not gonna change shit the thing is i believe that I have to believe that the bulk of this dialogue about guns are from people who don't believe that if they had to go through a more difficult system, they would be able to keep their guns. Yeah. I have a feeling that a lot of people, because if you done right, if you haven't done anything problematic with guns or in your life that would put you under scrutiny for having guns, why wouldn't you care? Why would you care? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's like, true. Look, I mean, they can make the rules as strict as they want to. I know ain't nothing in my history no. going to keep me from getting any gun that they have accessible because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've done what I'm supposed to do in life. So I just don't understand. If you, why would you just adamantly say no rules, no regulations, no anything? No changes whatsoever. They are not going to allow. If and you're doing right. Never going to. You know, happen. and I'm not talking about, you don't have, we don't have to lose any rights. I don't think we have to lose any rights. I just think that there needs to be more checks and balances for knowing who has guns. Who got guns? You know, why can't they be something like, you know, hey, show your updated yearly papers to buy these bullets? Because, hey, if a thug got a gun off the black market, of course he can get bullets off the black market. How the market. fuck are we doing life? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, why isn't there, why don't we know who has guns? And why don't we know how many guns they have? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, there could be a way to stop this. Or at least, if criminals are going to have guns, if that's y'all's major concerns about why the guns always should be free. But I'm afraid that... This is the thing I'm afraid of that, I, that I've been thinking about in my head that I haven't really said out loud. I'm afraid that the whole gun debate is a lot of America being scared of who they perceive to be thugs. That's what scares me about these concealed weapons and and laws and being able to just carry a weapon as you wish. Anywhere. Because we already know that if a black man walking down the street, a woman, a white woman gonna lock her car though. And if a white man walking down the street, she not gonna lock her car though. Well, who's to say that a black man walking down the street, a white person with a concealed weapon ain't gonna put their hand on their gun? And be fidgety. Exactly. Yeah. Because the perception of black people in America is one that triggers fear. It's one that triggers a response that in most of these instances have negative outcomes. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that I'm going to be minding my business one day and somebody who ain't going to shoot me because I don't cause problems. But they will think about if that black dude caused some issues, I got my gun. I mean, you know, and the scary thing is. You don't even actually have to cause problems if there's a perception that you might because that whole imminent danger thing. I mean, you may not even have to be doing anything. And let me say sadly, this. let me say this. If you are a responsible gun owner, if you are if you are genuinely, truly at heart, a responsible gun owner in terms of following all the rules, following all the regulations. Me, I don't give a fuck if you got a rocket launcher, <laughs> but I'm just inclined to believe that that is so few of people that are and advocating that for guns right i think that yeah. so if you are irresponsible gun owner if you haven't done anything you're supposed to do if you don't have all your papers up to date if you don't get training if you leave your gun around irresponsibly in a lock uh, without a lock safe around if you do anything irresponsible with your gun you need to fucking be in a system of checks and balances yeah 
that put you through a whole bunch of shit to make sure you got your gun. And just like with everything else, there is not a way to like without everybody going through the system and checks about. There's not a way to say, okay, well that guy doesn't need to go through the system, but that guy does. With every like with everything, all of us would have to be willing to go through it whether or not you are the irresponsible one or the responsible one and the only way to find out which you are is to make everybody go through it but that's the thing people are not willing to do that because it's my my rights and and y'all are infringing in second amendment so what i challenge the responsible gun owners to do is instead of saying i don't want my gun rights looked upon in order to let those irresponsible people have their guns out here, I want y'all to just be more critical of people who are are irresponsible about their guns. If that don't mean you change your perspectives on on uh, gun legislation, at least if you over a friend house and you see their guns and they not handling them correctly, educate them about it. You know what I'm saying? If you at a gun range and you see somebody not doing right or some new people who never shot before, talk to them. You know, if you can't do anything, I don't care if you change your perspective on the legislation or not, but have some, put accountability on these people who fucking up. That's all, I mean, that's all I can say, because this is just one of those polarized situations where it's one side versus the other. You know, if you're responsible, I don't give a damn what you do. If you're not responsible, then somebody need to have your ass in check and be yeah. paying attention to what the hell you're doing and know what kind of guns you got. I've said this before. If I ever get an opportunity to live outside of the U.S., that's what the fuck I'm gonna do. Like I would come back to visit, but I would absolutely leave this motherfucker. Like any opportunity that I had to like live like every day for the rest of my life outside of here and just visit this shit, that's what I would do. I really would. Like I'm over. I am over America. <laughs> I'm, I'm over. I passed it. I'm this done. This is my home. I ain't leaving. They gotta give me a reason. I think I have plenty of reasons. They got to give me an individual specific reason. I don't want to. But see, I, I don't want to wait for that day. I don't want to wait for the day where. Because I feel like it's coming. <laughs> Consider that I'm female and African-American. At some point, shit is good. I'm going to have that individual reason. If I get a chance to get out before I get that. Like I said, I wouldn't just like. Obviously, my family's here. I would come back to visit. But like, if I could live and raise my kids somewhere else. I fucking would totally it's quick fast and in a hurry so so the second of those situations cover guns lgbt yes so the first the very first comment that i posted on anything about this was i'm afraid that they're going to use they're gonna overshadow like terrorism is gonna overshadow mm -hmm. lgbt community yeah and probably by design yes you know because we don't want to show sympathy for the LGBT community. Which... We've been trying to avoid showing sympathy for the LGBT community in this transgender debate. You know, and all the stuff that's been going on with transgender. And that's exactly what happened. They jump out in front of it and craft a dialogue to be about terrorism and about terrorizing Americans rather than the specific group of Americans that were targeted. It's like they cut it off at that, that part of the hierarchy. Okay, a group of people in America were terrorized. <laughs> Americans were terrorized, but we gonna stop there because we can we can micro we can go to micro we can go down to of the the Americans that were terrorized. It was an LGBT group, and these politicians could acknowledge that, but a lot of them don't, and some of them do just for a political yeah. platform for their political platform. 
they do that just so that they can get some cookie points with the community. But the thing about it that politicians don't understand is you have to have been showing that for the entire duration of your career. Exactly. This ain't some shit you can just pick up after a shooting and expect people to respect your platform. It's the same way with Hillary Clinton right now. You can't just pick up new ideals or new thoughts today and expect people to respect your platform. Yeah. What do you really believe? You know, that's the problem today with politicians. And it's just, they just, all of them handling it wrong. For you regular people, because I done had some people on my timeline that I had to work very hard. Because um, I know it isn't going to do anything if I get in their comments and, and I don't want to start no Facebook beef and all of that shit. So please stop comparing struggles. I saw somebody post some shit that was like, you know, I, it's funny how nobody's talking about all the black people getting killed by the police. But as soon as this happened with the gay club, like... I've said this before. I stay in a perpetual state of annoyance with a lot of shit. I don't have to be mad about one fucking thing. I got anger to go around for everything. I got plenty of anger. So I don't have to pick and choose. I can be upset about more than one thing. And like what you do when you do that is basically you say that this other situation is not as important. And I can promise you for the people who have family members that died, that shit is the most important thing in the world right now to them. Like, you stop comparing and struggles. Like, of course, gay people are, are, are going to be probably more upset about this than the rest of the country, unfortunately. But when something hits closer to home, that's with anything. Of course you're going to be upset about that. Of course it's going to touch you more than it may touch somebody that doesn't really understand it or doesn't have a connection to it at all. I just get so tired of people doing that shit every time something happens. What about this? These people died over here. I don't see nobody talking about that. Like, f okay, and what? Like, that doesn't take away from the fact that this was a horrible tragedy where 50 fucking people lost their life for nothing. Like, I cannot stand it, it. And again, I know if I make a comment, it's just going to go nowhere because people with that kind of mentality, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to be able to change that. And so it's just an effort and futility for me to even try. So I don't. But it just enrages me when I see posts like that because it's like, bitch, okay, what and what? And furthermore, in that dialogue, you can't expect another group to adopt the seriousness of your struggle the black struggle is a hundred percent my problem the i can't expect a a, a a gay individual to to adopt that in lieu of their own problems yeah they struggle is they struggle you find people like i believe that i am that can understand the depth of everybody's problems yeah i can understand uh, problems with women through misogyny. I can stand. I can understand racism not just through my own cultural lens, but through the lens of other cultures as well. I can understand. What's the other one? Homosexual. I can understand homosexual struggle. I can understand the different nuances of what they go through. I don't have to just look through the lens of mine and say my struggles is what what matters. You and know, this is what everybody should be talking about. Exactly. Not this. I just. Everybody's struggles matter to them. The best you can do is help them understand what your struggle is and how you're experiencing it. But when you invalidate their struggle, because the only thing you can think about is yours, you lose support 
and you make yourself look like a dickhead. Basically, you're an ass hat. You're an ass hat. And we discussed this last week. Exactly. You don't want to be an ass hat. You don't want to be that. And that's what you are when you expect another culture to adopt that idea. And I think comparing those struggles is the root of that. Yeah. Comparing those struggles is you saying, you know what? This is what was going on last time. You know, or this is what was going on last week, bro. You ain't talking about talking about them no more. You ain't talking about us no more. You know. And the last of those three situations is the terrorism part. Yeah. You know, and America been paranoid since terrorism, since you know the early two thousands. Yeah. But what we are hearing now is he was on the FBI watch list. The FBI's taking him in and questioning him, like. He's been on the radar And I know it would be expensive And damn near impossible To monitor everybody that they got on them list Because it's probably damn near a million people <laughs> I would think It'll so. be impossible to do Like around the clock Paying attention and watching of all those people But what does that say About our system If they have somebody in their reaches of them million people And one can still slip through Like this And you know what ISIS took credit for this but it don't make sense to me. I don't. I think they just did that. I do just too, for real. It I don't really make don't think sense. they had shit to do with it. It don't make sense. ISIS is sending people into a gay nightclub <laughs> to kill 50 people. Wouldn't it make more sense for ISIS to do something like at a whole parade or a convention? They sent somebody to post. You know how many motherfucking pride parades? You know what I'm saying? That go on around the country. You have San Francisco. Atlanta has black gay pride. Florida. Like, they're all over the place. You could have sent more than one person. If I, Like, ISIS has uh, tons of people. You could have sent multiple people in, and the, the body count could have been much huger. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. And you really think that this is an American citizen. This is a dude that grew up with American understandings and ideals. And ISIS hadn't been around long enough to just recruit people from that early of an age. And not actively recruit. Otherwise, it'll be far a shit ton more people doing all this shit all yeah. around the country. Mm -hmm. Instead of this one isolated incident of this dude. What I'm likely to believe is this dude is an American citizen that does have ties in, in his Muslim country. And ha has come to understand probably... What America has done to a lot of his world, his culture, in the big context, and he lives in a country in which his religion and faith is constantly scrutinized. And here comes this group saying that, hey, we are the true religion. We are the true people. We are right. These people don't need to exist. This one need to happen. And you know what? America has pushed a whole group of people to a side in which they can choose to be extremists. And I think that this dude with his own issues, probably problems with his own sexuality, yeah. his own understandings of his situation. he had a wife. Did he have kids? He had a wife. He got a son. <sighs> a wife, mind you, who said, I told him not to do this. <laughs> Bitch, that don't help you none. <laughs> Talking about some, I, I told him not to do it. Oh, well, if she, told, well she, if she told him not to do it, then I mean, we can't. Like, what, Bitch. You if she kept ain't that. getting her ass waterboarded right now You should have kept that shit bitch You should have denied all knowledge Whatsoever like I had no idea He was gonna do this I had no clue So you just admitting that you knew that this was coming And the most that you did was say Don't do it Don't do it Don't do it Miss Seeley But not only that <laughs> She thought it would look better To tell people she was against it 
Even though it vicariously acknowledges that you knew that he was finna do this shit. And you ain't tell nobody that could have stopped. Like, okay, you can't stop it. Maybe you can't stop him. Did you go to the police and say, hey, my husband planning this shit. A lot of people gonna die. Y'all might want to come get him. Like, you didn't, other than saying, don't do it. Don't do it, Johnny. Like, this, bitch. Yeah, that was stupid. And I, I, she is probably you. getting waterboarded right now. My future wife. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. We're gonna have a Mexican standoff like a motherfucker. If I think you finna go out the door and kill some folks, I'm gonna have a gun at you. You're gonna have a gun at me. Somebody finna die. Assuming that I changed my perspective about guns and acquired them at that point in my life. Otherwise, she just gonna leave the house with guns and I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. It won't be a Mexican standoff. I had to stop in some kind of other way. But I don't believe. I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm more apathetic than a lot of people. I don't have a lot of empathy, I feel, when it comes to life. So I don't feel that I, I have the level of love that will allow somebody to get away with some shit that is illogical and irrational. <laughs> Logic and ration, rationality means a lot to me. And if I feel like you're doing some shit that's not rational or logical, I will assume that your body has been taken over and consumed by some force nature being entity that I don't understand and you are no longer the person that I care for before oh, you know Independence Day resurgence is coming out I'd be real good doing the zombie aliens. apocalypse uh, I hope the apocalypse never happens mama brother <laughs> grandmama if your ass is on the fire <laughs> I'm shooting your ass like I'm sorry <laughs> Like you gone. That ain't them no more. <laughs> it's not you Fucking anymore. Zombie. <laughs> the last bit of you is in my memories. <laughs> All this aggressive trying to bite me shit ain't finna happen. <laughs> Look, if, if the zombie apocalypse happened and y'all need somebody in your group that's gonna off who needs to be offed, I'm the one. Come find me. <laughs> Put me in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, I, I ain't trying to die. My self-preservation gonna kick in, and I'm just, you know, whatever. Now, whatever I will, <laughs> under the context of this specific situation, be forced into taking guns into my my personal use. So, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's life or death, though. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole different situation. <laughs> Have you ever read the uh, Zombie Apocalypse Survival Guide? No. It's the it's the book that Zombieland was based off of. Like the oh. rules, the rules oh, that's okay. in that book. Yeah, I like the Zombieland. rules that's in that movie or in that book. It oh, basically okay. tell you how to survive. Yeah, it, it it's it's a intense breakdown. It tell you the best environments, where to go, where not to go, I... how to survive on a boat, how to survive on land, what weapons are best, what weapons are worst. I'm kind of concerned that people are putting this much thought into the like a fiction, like a, a fiction based. Cause I hope that that shit isn't actually ever gonna happen. At least not in my lifetime. Let my children deal with that shit. <laughs> I want to be long gone if that shit ever happens. Like I don't need that in my lifetime. The human, the human body would have to evolve to a very intense level to be able to still survive with something that's killing them, but still be alive enough to cause Eat harm people. to other people. Yeah. Like our Eat bodies people. are way too fragile. For anything that exists now to keep us alive and dead at the same time. I mean, the only instances where I've seen people doing that when they were on spice. Oh no, bath salts. What did bath salts when that man ate that dude's face? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was on them bath salts. 
I don't know. I just again hope that's never. But I'm pretty sure he all right now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he just got a story to tell people about him eating somebody's face one time. He probably don't even remember that shit. I would imagine that that was like a psychotic episode <laughs> that he just wouldn't even remember. Like he knows what he was told he did and probably saw like the evidence photos of the man's face eating off. But how you eat somebody? Face? How do you live after you do that? Like you gonna be playing man with your homeboy? And he's gonna be like, well, you won, but I ain't ate nobody face before. <laughs> <laughs> you face eating ass motherfucker. <laughs> what you have for dinner? Face? <laughs> yeah. So you got some face stuck in your teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, how do you live after that? Like, I would not let. A motherfucker gonna stop being my friend after shit like that. Yeah, you would uh, live it down. Yeah, yeah, I would not let them. <laughs> I'd buy them a shirt for their birthday with like a half of a face on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, my that God. Shit, yeah. That, that wouldn't happen. So, so in other Orlando news. Motherfucking alligators <laughs> dragging motherfuckers. Let me tell you something, white people. Stop being so adventurous and shit. If you see a sign that says, keep out, fucking keep out, shit. If you older than three. Yeah, yeah. The kid, I ain't faulting the kid. He went where his parent went to. Adults, if you see a fucking, sign, it don't need to say, you know, beware the alligators. If a sh- if some shit say keep out of dangerous waters or whatever the fuck, don't go over there. Because let me tell you something. Again, my sense of self preservation. I'm not gonna go anywhere where I could potentially die or some bad shit can happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even gonna walk anywhere where I know there's lots of spiders and spider webs because I think spiders have ass silk that comes out in the shape of the webs. And I don't like walking in that shit because it's disgusting. I'm not finna, if I see a sign that says don't come in, I ain't fucking coming in. No, I'm talking about, I'm staying my ass out. So, if you have been living under a rock, which you would have had to have been, but conveniently have access to listening to this podcast, <laughs> then a two-year-old at Disney World at one of the resorts yep. was outside with a parent, and an alligator dragged the baby off, dragged the two-year-old off, and they didn't find him till a couple of days later. The body found a couple of days yeah. later. They found the body intact. Yeah, he didn't. He, yeah. I, I, this is so terrible. I don't know if I should even do this. Cause it's kind of like maybe I won't never do mind. it. Too late now. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I, I just figured that alligator like bit the kid and took him down and was like, oh, this tastes terrible. It just didn't eat him and he just drowned. I feel like because he was intact. You know they usually bite you and roll you and then they eat you or or whatever animal they pull down. I mean they don't do this with people a lot, but he didn't even eat him. Like he bit him and and drug him. But I just figured the kid kind of didn't taste good. And babies are tender meat. <laughs> Right, like that's like tender me like that. Babies, babies are like the filet mignon of people. Exactly. So, what was it about this particular baby? I feel like something kind of threw the the gator off where he was like, "Oh no, this is." Mm-mm. Maybe he had a bad diaper. Maybe he was on a diet, and maybe maybe he thought better about it. Like, oh shit, the I can't alligator? eat this. Yeah, I can't Talking eat about this. Disney alligators. Well, yeah. The ones that have personalities and stories. and So maybe he was like, oh, shit, this is going to go directly to my... Well, they don't have thighs to my... my I don't think a real alligator... Real alligator, they bite arms off of people. Just for the hell of it. So that's what I'm saying. It's like he bit him, rolled him, and then decided not to do anything more than that. Because he was intact. Like, 
Maybe he tasted bad, is all I'm saying. He may not have tasted it. Maybe he was, you know. He right had a dirty diaper. Maybe so. And the alligator Maybe shit was just all like. The diaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. We are such assholes. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, we went to. <laughs> we went in a whole other direction with that. But I was think I really was thinking that when I was when I heard he was intact, I was like, he must have tasted terrible. Cause he's a gator. He didn't eat it. <laughs> so what's happened is there just have been a lot of comparing this situation to Harambe, Harambe. <laughs> and I understand, but I'm gonna tell y'all something, America, about those kinds of comparisons because it came down to white and black. Yep. When you talk about a white family that was inattentive to their child and the child got snatched up by an animal. Versus an African American family that was inattentive and their child got snatched up by an animal, which is where the similarities end. You have one family, the black family, in which the family was looked into. The dad the who wasn't even fucking present. Dad wasn't there. They looked into his crimi- criminal history to assess the level of parenting skills that this family must have to have a child that would be in this type of situation. Opposed to the white family where they trying to find Disney at fault. Yeah. You know, for not having signs up that said, hey, Gators. Specifically Gators. You know, like I said, if you see a sign that say keep out dangerous waters, that should be enough. You see, you ain't you in fucking Florida. What else would it be about besides goddamn Gators? It's Florida. They they have Gators everywhere. There's pictures of Gators like showing up at people's house yeah. looking like they ringing the doorbell and shit. Like what you thought it was? It's and, Florida. <laughs> and the differences in those situations are that the, the white baby died. Mm-hmm. The black child lived through an animal death. And I just have to say that there is never going to be an instance where we will ever be able as black people to convince white people that an injustice happened to us through a similar situation. Oh, yeah, there are yeah. always it's going always to different. be it's enough different. differences mm-hmm. to invalidate it being race. And it's always going to be why you're trying to play the race card. It's always going to be race has nothing to do with this. It's always going to be people who can't understand the black experience, which goes into my dialogue of you just have to understand what your experience is and help people understand as best they can what a black person goes through. You can't use these particular situations to try and do that. You just can't. Ain't no situation going to be similar enough you have to have a situation where two people of the same age one white one black of similar backgrounds or similar context and the exact same thing happened to them and a response be different but that don't even take into consideration different state laws yeah so it would have to be in the exact same city in the exact same state under the same laws and then that don't even take into consideration the individuals that deal with it so you have to have the exact same police that deal with you the exact same lawyers and the same judge in that situation and go to the same jail yeah because we already didn't discover how judges have a whole lot of privilege when it comes to judicial uh, exactly like so for those two people everything will have to be exactly Exactly the same to know if the whole system has failed one of those people or if it's subjective you know what i'm saying and if those two people deal with all the people who are objective and deal with shit the same it's gonna look like ain't no difference in the system yeah so we never gonna get that yeah we never gonna get that for everybody that was wondering why harambe died and the gator did it uh, again different situations this was the zoo is a much more contained environment in which they have shit on standby in case some of them animals get the fuck out of hand you know what i'm saying like that that's a procedure that they have in place because of just the very 
environment that it is. This was not a play. I mean, they would they had to run and go get somebody. And and a gator and a gorilla is completely different. Like I said, gators use they drag you in the water, they do that death roll shit and pull you down. I mean, it, that's it. Like if you wait too long, you you miss your chance, which is why they it took them a couple of days to even find the child. Not the same situation. That's why the gator didn't die. And Harambe did. Again, I'm sad about Harambe's death too, but y'all sit the fuck down. Now come on now. This is not the same thing. And again, the situations were just such where it wouldn't have been somebody would have had to be where they were at that time with a gun just in case some shit pop off to kill that gator. Because again, the way they kill their per it's just completely different. And that person would have had to been there like that for 45 years that this hasn't happened at this particular place <laughs> yeah. up to the first time it happened mm -hmm. in 45 years. Yep. You know, so I mean, it's a lot of these things are not realistic. Just like after a school shooting happened, for every single school in America to have a security guard at it, the statistical probability of it happening at your school is so low that if it has happened at your school, then that's unfortunate for you. Yeah, very much but so. But it's just not going to happen all day, every day for that situation. You know, and unfortunately, because of that, we're not going to be prepared for a lot of these situations. We're not going to be prepared for shootings, whether they're at clubs or at school. We're not going to be prepared for can't. animals to snatch pants up out the, out the damn water. You never know when somebody... First of all, it's like... Mental stability is not even, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't even predict that, like, in other situations. You cannot be prepared for every single situation in which somebody's going to become disgruntled or upset or whatever, for whatever their reasoning is, and come into a, you know, again, North Carolina, the people were in church. How would they have been able to prepare for that or, or, or know that that was going, you know what I'm saying? Like, that isn't something in which you can be prepared for in all instances because we are unpredictable creatures just in general human beings are unpredictable as fuck you think you know somebody one minute and the next minute you'd be like i never thought billy would do that yeah. he was such a nice guy he just snapped <laughs> i mean if y'all didn't know anything about psychotic disorders for psychotic disorders people that have the pre-genetic disposition to have psychotic disorders, which means if it's in their family or if they have genetic setup for it, environmental circumstances are usually what, what triggers their psychotic breaks. And you cannot don't determine know when that, what or when that's going to happen. Or be. if it is, people live there, can live their entire life with this genetically in them and it never get triggered and they die and never, you know what I'm saying, yeah. succumb to it. So there is not a way to predict that. It's unpredictable. If you have some shit that run in your family, y'all talk about how crazy Uncle Bill is, I better watch this shit. But he was all right last year. Exactly. <laughs> that, but you that, better watch that, talking about him because you don't know if you got that gene or not. Right circumstances, you might be Bill in a couple of months. You don't know. Like It's unpredictable. You don't walk in the living room with a tinfoil hat on. Like, damn it, I thought you <laughs> Exactly. It's over now. Yeah, it's not mental health is not it's not predictable. That's just it's just not one of those things. I mean you there are warning signs sometimes, but for a lot of shit, you just don't know till it happens. Yeah. It's like fuck. At the end of the day, I think what we're trying to say is uh Florida still crazy. Fuck fuck Florida. Um, I still think we need do you see that bug that Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon where he like cut Florida completely yes, off and it floated away? I do. I still vote we do that shit florida got a lot of fuck shit coming out of it whether it be through the courts just a lot of fuck shit in general so i'm for us just cutting it off and letting it float away 
Have you seen a video of these two congressmen? One congressman did something. That's another congressman who was basically talking shit about his state of Texas. From Florida. Mm-hmm. I, damn, I wish I, I got to let you see that video. <laughs> he basically was talking shit about, he said, I think you owe me an apology. And he said, uh, people in hell want ice water. Like, I I wish I had a reference to it. So, <laughs> put, uh, f- uh, go to YouTube and put uh, Florida Rips Texas Congressman. You should find that shit there. It's a black dude with glasses. But, Florida crazy. Yeah. Uh, but indeed. The last thing we gonna do, because it's Father's Day. It is indeed. We're just going to talk about some of the influential TV fathers that we have come across in our, you know, TV watching days. Cause you know, I'm a lot closer with the TV dads than my dad. So Me too, sure. <laughs> so, you know, but having worked with families. I see a dynamics between a lot of different dads, and it's just pushed me to look at a lot of these situations differently. Okay. So, like, what dads was, what the, when you think of like a TV dad, which one is the most? Heathcliff Huxtable. Heathcliff Huxtable. Heathcliff Huxtable. Yeah. I mean, him, Uncle Phil, probably those two are my top two that are, yeah. Uncle Phil. You know, Uncle Phil started off mean as hell in that show. He did. And then, and then it's not they just changed his character completely. Yeah. He just became a real soft I mean he frillier. was still harder when he needed to be. I think that's why I liked his character because he was still an asshole sometimes. So he was still like really hard on them sometimes, but I like that <laughs> dynamic though. Like I like cuz no here's some of the TV dads we going to talk about. Some of my issue with them is that they was just too fucking good you know what i'm saying like parents fuck up they do and so like your dad your dad's not gonna be that like perfect dad all the time and so some of these dads was were not relatable at all because it's just like he ain't never fuck up though not never though i just can't buy it (laughs) my favorite episode with uncle phil was when they took him to court i don't know if you made it but they took they had a pool party that they weren't supposed to have because they was gone and Uncle Phil took the boys to court, <laughs> and they had she had a judge presiding over the situation. They all told their story about how the pool party went. Yeah, and Carlton had on a duck. He called Howard <laughs> the duck like one of them yeah. floaters. Uh-huh. And Uncle Phil came and he just popped the duck with his <laughs> finger. It was hilarious. If you seen that episode, you know what I'm talking about. It was funny. See, and I like I like the. <laughs> creative punishments too you know what i said that mm-hmm. the same thing with heathcliff like i remember when um what was the dark-skinned sister the one above rudy not son what was vanessa her name? vanessa vanessa went out drinking and came back drunk and then they pretended to like all of them were gonna drink and they played the alphabet game where mm-hmm. they had to go around and say like a so was it a state capital that started with the next letter and if you couldn't think of one you had to drink and they had Rudy playing too, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, uh, as a just to 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 show yeah. her, like you know what I'm saying. Like I liked like creative shit like that. They too. also had court one time where uh, what's the wife's name? Claire Huxley, Claire. where Claire was the judge. Yeah, like that. I like stuff like that. Yeah, like, it like the. Huxtables have always been like a dynamic of how I would like my family to be. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. I would like to be Heathcliff Huxtable 
And I would like my wife to be a Claire Huxtable type Claire situation. Was, I look, I love Claire. I my favorite episode with her was when she told uh Sandra's husband, what the fuck is his name? Er, uh Ivan it what? Erst Ivan Irwin. Something to that effect. Yeah, Y'all know who we're talking like about. But she offered to get coffee, coffee yeah. for him and uh and uh Dr. Huxtable mm-hmm. and he was so surprised he was like oh you're gonna serve <laughs> Dr. Huxtable and she was like no I'm not gonna serve him I'm gonna bring him a cup of coffee like he brought me a cup of coffee this morning and if you don't get these sexes out there you never gonna have anybody bring you anything anyway anytime if you that yeah. was my favorite like she was I loved Claire Claire was awesome she spent the whole show roasting that dude yeah cause he was so sad like his and the little black ideas. kid too what his name was the Rudy oh, little yeah, friend oh yeah Rudy little friend Bud yeah Bud, Bud. yeah she roasted him in kid fashion though. She did. She she did it on a level that was appropriate for him. Um but yeah, so which what are the TV we talk what are the uh, TV? Carl days? Winslow. Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow was so angry though. He was angry all the time. Um I don't really have any like me, like specific episode memories of him. More of like how serious like it's one episode that I might have referenced before, but when their cousin came into town and got Steve and Eddie into oh, trouble, yeah, yeah, you know, he got he he went hard on on that dude, yeah, you know, and so it's like it's been moments where he been a father figure, yeah. I mean, he was very good at that. He was just a very much more tough dad, yeah. like all the time. I think, uh, what was I keep wanting to call him Cliff Cliff Huxtable. And Uncle Phil, I feel like had more softer moments than he did than Carl Winslow had. Like he was just tough all the time. I but he feel was, like. and he was always like the dynamic in that show was between him and Steve Urkel. I know, which was, was not even one neighbor. of his kids. Yeah, like, I, I can't even really remember like many episodes where he like sat down and talked to his kids about yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I he well, just always had interactions with Steve. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Shit, you ain't never get to see Steve on parents. You just saw him over there with yeah. them all the time. And you know, Steve Urkel was never even meant to be in the show. I know. He, so people, what would that show have been without Steve Urkel? Shit, it wouldn't was la- gonna be the comedy. It wouldn't have lasted <laughs> as long as it had. I think he was he was a guest star, and like people responded so well, they kept him. But it wouldn't have. I don't think it would have went for as many seasons as it went no. had he his character not been kept and continued. Because yeah, he was the comic relief of the show. None of the rest of them were particularly funny. Yeah. None of the moments of the show that didn't include him were particularly funny. Man, so the grandmama yeah. was funny. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. You can't yeah. really get that much comedy yeah, out of a granny. Yeah, but she was funny. I liked her. We got Danny Tanner. Full house. That's one of them ones that was unrealistic or not <laughs> relatable to me. He was just so he was too sensitive. Like and he never got upset. He never got upset. Like he even when they did something wrong, it's like he'd sit him down on the bed and say, You know, I'm very disappointed. You know what I'm saying? Like it was never that's not realistic. Like parents get pissed at you, especially when you do real stupid shit to put yourself in some kind of danger. It ain't gonna be let me tell you something, my mama. It was never gonna be like, I'm so upset with you. It's like, what were you you know what I'm saying? She gonna come at you. Like it ain't gonna be no sit down on the bed, let me talk to you about how disappointed I am and you kind of shit. Like I just don't 
Yeah, he wasn't really he wasn't relatable to me because he was too nice. Like it was too much. The thing about shows like that was they only showed me what a white family looked like. like and they don't even really look like that. I yeah. think it wasn't even a good depiction of a white family. Like, <laughs> I think that's the depiction white people would like for you to have what their families look like. I mean, I think that's what some white families look like when people are over. <laughs> like, yeah. that show is, and we were people that was over. Yeah. Every time, like, <laughs> when the camera stopped rolling, if the show was real, Danny Town, I have a whole bar Shit. downstairs. Well, the guy who played him had a potty mouth that was like a, a potty mouth ass comedian. Yeah. And I never knew. I you was know, he real was in, The first time that. he said something outside of that was in uh, Half Baked. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Dave Chappelle got up at, at um, the anonymous, the Alcoholic Anonymous group and was like, I'm addicted to weed. And Danny Tanner got up and said, uh, Bob Saget got Matt up and Saget, said, yeah. Weed is not a drug. I smoke dick for coke. I suck dick for coke. <laughs> like, I was like, who is that? That ain't Danny Tanner. <laughs> Why would he yeah. do this? But you Why know, would he do this to me? Even the other cast said, like, when the cameras stopped, he was nothing. Like, he's not Danny Tanner at all in any shape, form, and fashion. Like, he was... He had to like curb it when he was around like the younger cast member, but he had a potty mouth. Like even he was like as soon as the camera was cut off, that was not who he was. Yeah. But yeah, I, I couldn't relate to Danny Tanner. It was just it was too perfect. Okay. It was just too perfect. We got Martin Crane. I like Martin from Fraser. From Fraser. He was so different from his sons because they were not like it didn't even seem like he was their dad. They were so different, but I liked him. He was like a regular dad like who who was sometimes disappointed in his sons, <laughs> sometimes proud of them. He fished, he was a cop, a retired cop. Like he was just a regular dad. I like Martin Crane. And he was still able what was good about him I liked was that Frazier and Niles had all these degrees and, and were constantly speaking. Because when I was a kid, my mom used to watch that shit, and I had no idea what was going on. Because you yeah, couldn't understand them. Uh, I understand it now, but I didn't then. But he was still able to go toe-to-toe with them, even though he wasn't like as highly educated as they were and, and, and just lived a different kind of life than they yeah. did. He was always able to put them in their place, and I love that about him. He used the common man's response to education. He did. <laughs> <laughs> like you can be educated as hell, but it's some shit you can say. Yep, that'll mess up a you know person that got some sense. And he was able there. to do that. Like I, that's I liked him. I liked that about him. He was a dad I liked, and he was funny. And I liked his dog. His dog was. But cute. being a counselor, therapist, being a counselor or therapist, the show Fraser really crafted people's version of what they think a therapist do. Yes. Oh God. It was so yeah. like uh, cliche. Just, yeah, yeah cliche. It's just so stereotypical. Cliche. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. down to the sitting in the chair type situation. It's a psychoanalytical Every time stuff. I tell somebody I'm a therapist, they ask me if I have a couch in my office. And I always say, Yeah, but don't nobody lay on that <laughs> shit. If somebody come in and try to lay down, this is I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not Freud, you're not laying on the couch, sit down. <laughs> like um yeah, like everybody always has the, the stereotype that they think of what therapists do. Like, oh, they so people come lay on your couch. No, I think if I ever go to private practice, I'm gonna do that. You'll have a lay on the Just couch because I got narcolepsy, <laughs> and sometimes I begin sleepy. Hey, look, look, look! I close my door sometimes. A lot of this shit. If I ain't got nobody coming in, if I'm particularly sleepy, 
And no, I'm like saying sometimes I get sleepy in their face. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like true. I need to, I need them to be looking somewhere else while I'm behind them. Sleep, being able not Pretend sleep now, to but I be struggling sometimes. <laughs> I yawn like three times, but like I do a little weird mouth close yawn. So I don't know how my face look when I do that, <laughs> but it can't look regular. I know I ain't doing it right. But nobody ain't ever saying nothing about mouth closed yard. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I, I have to have me a couch just for my own personal reasons. Yeah, and I'm not sitting yeah. behind my my couch. They're sitting in front of me on the couch, so it's not. I'm not. It's not a Freud setup where the couch is behind them and they lay down. and You can't even see like the a chase. There ain't no size on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You just lay back. Nah, mine is a raggy ass old ass leather couch that came with the office when I moved in there because <laughs> it's a nonprofit. We ain't got no money. <laughs> We got Homer from The Simpsons. I think Homer, Peter Griffin have to be lumped into kind of the same category. I will say I found more redeemable qualities in Homer than Peter. Like there are moments where Homer will try to like come through for his kids or like, you know, feel bad about, you know, being inadequate. Peter is such a. He has so much, so many different personality disorders that <laughs> you can't lie. he just can't. Like he can't give them what they need. He's incapable of it. He he just can't. And so, out of those two, I found Homer to be a little more redeemable than that, Peter. That, just I just run away. Like if I was a Griffin, I just fuck well, like you Meg, wouldn't have to. Like you Meg, have to. I had to go. I you could. wouldn't have to. Child protective services would have took <laughs> both of their kids long ago. You. All right. <laughs> both of their kids would be. Well, took. you know that was an episode of of The Simpsons. Actually, both of the shows where the kids have been taken before for them being neglectful. I didn't. I have to go look for them episodes. I have. I probably those. have seen it with Family yeah. Guy. The Family they, Guy they episode just go, be so muddled. I don't yeah. know. I can't. Put they had to go with. stay. Wait, no. On the on the Simpsons episode, they had to go stay with Ned and his wife. It was before his wife died, and I forgot what Homer did. But Homer and Marge both lost the kids and had to go through like a DHR kind of situation mm-hmm. to get them back. But they were living with the Flanders and Maggie, because she hadn't been a Simpson for as long, like took to the Flanders and she liked them and didn't want to go back. So that was a whole thing. I can't remember what happened. I think Peter, it was when Peter burned Lois with some grease accidentally, oh, I that. and then yeah. she was in. She couldn't take care of them, and they didn't trust him to take care of them. I forgot where they went to, but he could like he lost custody of them too. So yeah, they both did actually lose custody, even in the cartoon version. So you know, in real life, they showed when they had them children. The second thing, apart from their kids being removed from them, is that I think both of them are mentally retarded, which. Yeah. For political correctness, it is now called intellectual dis- intellectually disabled. Disabled, but yeah. for the context of understanding what I'm talking about, for people who didn't know that, I use both of those terms. Yeah, they but, absolutely are. Yeah, Homer's is probably alcohol induced after years of ingesting all them beers down in Moe's. Alcohol has a, look, y'all, that has a permanent impact on your brain. <laughs> and for as long he been drinking, like even when they show young Homer. He was still drinking. Like not to mention, not to mention exposure to radiation that he's oh, so yeah, close he to that a piece plant. of radiation, radiated material can get caught on his back. Yeah, when he going home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the same shit. With, I just realized they both got substance abuse problems. Cause both of them alcoholics and shit. Cause they Peter are. drink too Paul down Tuckett at the clam. At Paul Tucker Brewery, and they drink at the clam. Yeah, yeah they're both alcoholics. Forgot they had that in common too. 
You know what? I gotta throw one in here that I I wasn't even thinking about. I gotta throw Rick in there from Rick and Morty. Oh God, Rick <laughs> is a horrible father. Another personality disorder. Yeah, narcissist, narcissistic personality disorder. Terrible. Yes, highly intelligent, but narcissistic as shit. I don't know. He do for his family, but it's like. Even when he died, when has he done for them and it didn't benefit him in some kind of way? Right? Because right. he has to be, he likes having Morty with him for these adventures. So whatever he has to do to maintain the balance for that to take place, I think it's still selfish in a way because it's he's still it's him getting but what he wants. But you remember the episode when the episode when he had to go find the evil Rick? Yeah. And he started showing him pictures of Morty when he was little he started crying. Like he he feel for his family, you know what I'm saying? But you know, narcissism can be on a scale, so he doesn't have to be where he don't really give a fuck at all. I think he cares to them to an extent, but I feel like he's still always gonna be number one. I don't know. Again, Rick has some very few redeemable. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't wanna. I wouldn't want a Rick in my life. But if I did, I would rather him be a family member. Oh God! Yeah, instead of being on the opposite yeah. side of that shit, like that um that purge episode. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Who else? Uh Al Bundy goes right back in there with Peter. He's like the real life version of Peter and Homer. Um, yeah, and his kids were so it like they were stupid. Yeah, he was. I I think he was. De- he was just depressed. Yes, extremely, extremely depressed. Hated his job. Hated his hated wife. Hated his wife. Hated his kids. Hated really. his neighbors. Yep. Oh God. Well, he he could he could uh he could tolerate Ted. He hated Marcy though. Yeah. He hated Marcy. Um, I wouldn't have wanted him to be my dad. Like I never watched. I never watched the uh, what married with children and and was like oh man look at that like no I never wanted Al I would never have wanted to be Al Bundy's child they were they were like trailer park redneck-ish. only because they didn't live in a trailer park they could that you could take that show and very easily transport it to like a trailer and it would still work I don't think so you I don't think, think so I Kelly think could just be like walking around to different people's trailers. And what's the son's what's name? Damn, what's this Bud? Bud, yeah. Bud, this, he could be doing exactly what he was doing in their house. It would work. I think they family was too good for the trailer park, but not good enough for the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the case. I don't. Look I think, at Peg. I, I mean, think you I, couldn't see Peg. You couldn't see Peg walking around in the trailer. In a trailer I don't park. Know, I think to me they the white family that live in the black neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. Like, I think they cool with all the black people. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I can see that. Yeah, maybe so. Eric Camden, Seventh uh, Heaven. He also, I felt like that whole too good, but he was a minister. So my whole thing with they whole family was I didn't get they weren't Mormon. I didn't get why they had so many damn what was children. They? Were they, I mean, they just had a general Christian, just a regular Christian church. I think so. I, he wasn't Mormon. I don't think he was Mormon, but they had like kids like they were Mormon. Like no. they didn't believe in birth control. 
They Mormon call- don't exclusively have access to a lot of kids. I mean, I know, but like <laughs> that's just where you see it usually. That like because they had a ton. How many kids did they have? They had like ten. Like ten. Cause they had, and then they still like even after the show was going, they had them twin boys. Where you, when you thought they were done with kids, they came back with the twins. She got pregnant again, so I don't know. I know it was a TV show, but it just reinforced the idea that preachers got the worst kids. Oh yeah, ever. Yeah, cause the boy, like yeah, they all had problems. Yeah. They all got in the shit. So. And real, realistically, everybody got problems. But I think know? there's like this. There's this expectation that's put on preachers' kids that they never live up to. I've always had a problem with. I I don't know. I've preachers that I've had always tell their testimony of you know how they used to be a pimp, how they used to smoke crack (laughs) in the back of the Cadillac. (laughs) Why you gotta be so personal? You know what I'm saying? I I get it's a testimony, but yeah, I've heard some of those. But it's like. How come I don't get to be a pimp? Why are you trying to stop me? How come I can't experience my own situations that would lead me organically to where you at? Because they've learned now. Now they want you to go ahead. Because they've been where you... I've been where you at, young brother. They trying to keep you from living that life. Because they know how it ends. That was my... That's always been my problem with, like... Especially with Kirk Cameron. Because he's the first person I realized this about. Who... God. People who've had sex that preach about abstinence. Be like, I hate them fucking left behind <laughs> movies. And no no shade to anybody that's listening that like them movies. Have you ever watched one of them movies? No. It is the most poorly acted. Like it's horrible. It is horrible. Only uh, like a, a a really super religious like Christian could could find enjoyment in that because they're the worst movies I've ever seen in life, and they don't make any Maybe sense. Maybe the books are good. I ain't never read the books because they ain't never appeared. I never will. All the reason I, I watched watch one of the movie. movies is because it was I was up late one night and the shit was on and I was curious about it and I immediately regretted that curiosity. Immediately, it was shit. For me, the movie would have to be on after something that I wanted to watch. <laughs> the remote would have to be too far away for me to reach it, and I would rather watch whatever is on than move. And then I have to stay woke. You don't have to be moderately entertained. I did fall like, asleep. I don't know how it ended. I don't even know. It's a million of them, so I don't even know which one of them it was that I watched. But like, he was working for because you know the Antichrist is supposed to like be like this political figure, I think. And he was like, he had figured out who the Antichrist was, and I think he was working for his campaign. Some shit. It was just the worst. It was the worst. It was awful. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, we could go down a list of dads for a long time. We could indeed. Trying to figure out, talking about this situation, but none of our either neither of our dads fit into any of those categories. I don't mm. think. Mine don't. Mine don't. Well, maybe that's not true. He might have been like, no, like <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. He didn't fit it. <laughs> if, if, if there's a show in which the dad was locked up in jail for like 14 years out of that life, maybe. I can't. Maybe not quite 14, but 
for most of the individual <laughs> childhood. He might have been on like, one of the side stories on the wire. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's where I gotta go. I gotta go to the wire, or I gotta go to Oz. <laughs> that's where I gotta go to find stories about my, <laughs> you know, that relate to my pops. Hopefully not Oz. Let's stick with the wire. Oz was horrible. Well, jail ain't a playground. I know. <laughs> Shit. I'd much rather think of him in, in, in The Wire than in Oz. Oz was horrible. I mean, it was good. To, I mean, it was horrible. It, if you, I don't know how you could watch Oz and ever fucking want to go to prison or not do everything you possibly can to stay the fuck out of prison. Because Oz, whew. I don't talk to people that been in prison. They be like, it ain't bad. That's subjective. (laughs) (laughs) You mean for people that have been to jail. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm going to save that for the date episode. I don't have a lot of date stories, but I have like, I have online dating profiles and I've had some interesting conversations with people on like, there's a lot of men in prison, like on these dating Sites. I'm gonna leave that for that episode because that kind of goes into that. But yeah, there's a whole lot of men in prison, which I don't get. They got cell phones and pictures and shit. I got on there. I don't understand. But yeah. Well, I mean, that's all I got. You got anything else on your mind? Okay. I'm as happy Father's Day to the fathers, mothers. You had Mother's Day, so don't do that. Don't be that person. That celebrates Father's Day and looking for a Father's Day card because you picked a man that was shit and wasn't around. You had Mother's Day. So, you know. And if if that's how you feel, if that's how your kids feel, if your kids feel like they need to celebrate you somehow because of that, don't use this opportunity to invalidate people that have a good relationship with their fathers and have good fathers. Because every time you say, I'm a mom and a father, you're invalidating other people's experiences with their fathers. Every time you post on Facebook, this goes out to the real fathers. You know, you are bringing attention to a group of people that don't want, don't, don't need to be talked about today. You know, so leave it up for the regular fathers. The good fathers, the fathers that are there, the fathers that try, the fathers that want to, but for that's some what reason the can't fuck be. The day was ma- you know that yeah. this is a made up ass holiday. That is what it was created for. Was for those guys. So celebrate those guys. And if you don't have one of those guys around, then this is a no- it's Sunday. Then it's just Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shit. It's just Sunday. But that's all I have. Just wanted to mention that. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla.